My name is Christy. I'm one of the leaders here at Thrive. And this morning, I wanted to um, just bring up these cards. You see these cards in the backs of the chairs that are in front of you? If you're in the front row, well, sorry. You don't have a chair. So you, know, you can get one of these. These are just ways that we would like to connect with some of you who are new to the church. Or if you have any prayer requests, you go to church here, you have a prayer request, you can write it right on the back. We're going to be dropping these into the offering today in a few minutes. And uh, on the front, it just has some basic information. If you could fill that out, we would love to connect with you. Every person here is important to the Lord, and every person here is important to us as a church. And so we strive to connect with you, and if you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. And everything that you put here stays confidential and is prayed for, okay? At this time, we'll go ahead and call the... um, the ushers up. We're going to take our off, well, receive our offering this morning because the Lord has been good to us, and we are blessed people. And this is a time where we carry over into our worship with the um, with tithes and offering, giving back to the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we are grateful this morning. In front of you, it has been good to worship your name with each other. Lord, we want to lift up the good things you do and and who you are. You are faithful to your word. Everything you say you do, you will do. And Lord, this morning we want to give back and say thank you. We want to just come to you with a full heart and have more and more of us, Lord, we pray. Use this offering, God. Bless it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning here at Thrive, there are two things that are going to be happening this week that I want to bring up. This week, um, sorry, I forgot this. I'm a little off today. Um, We have Married for Life. If you have not received one of these, you can pick up one from the back. You can also go to thriveglendora.org and check out um, upcoming events, things that are happening here at church as well. Um, But here, I will look at this with you. If you have one, you can check it out. We have two things that are happening this week we want to talk about. We have Married for Life is starting today, right? Yes, today, February 12th, sorry, at 6 p.m. Is that right? Does it say that on there? Yes, I'm sorry. And then we also will be starting soon, Thriving Life Stage 1. Now, this is a class that's um, going to be starting. It's a brand new thing we're doing here at at Thrive. It is a class for people who are interested in learning more about what it is to be a Christian, about what the Foursquare Church is a little bit, um, and some other uh, subjects that will be visited in that. So Stage 1 starts Wednesday, March 7th at 6.30 to 8 p.m. It'll be at our Thrive Center, which is located on Valencia. Um, going back to Mary for Life, that starts tonight. If you haven't pre-registered, um, can they still sign up? Is it too late? Okay, if you're interested, this is for people who are married and people who are looking to get married and anybody who would like to learn about what it is to be married for life. All right? All right, I'm going to go ahead. This morning, you can tell I'm all over the place. This morning, I want to tell you that we are missing somebody that we normally see up here a lot longer, um, a lot, well, we see him before now, is what I want to say. This morning, he's away, but this morning, we have a treat. We have Miss Debs coming up. Pastor Deb is coming up. She's going to be speaking to us this morning. I'm going to hand you off to her. <laughs> Thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> Yes, Pastor Barry is speaking at an Arizona youth camp, youth summit, so uh, 
That's awesome. He loves youth. We all love the youth. They're our next generation coming up. He asked me, uh, Tom and I are assistant pastors here on staff. He asked me to share a little bit of our story in this last year. <clears throat> uh, I handed over the children's ministry to Jason and Rosie Vasquez and so excited to see it like going because I told them, man, my floor is, or my ceiling is your floor. You take off with it. You take those kids uh, even more. And so, um, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Uh, one of the reasons was because the Lord told me, um, Tom is retired and the Lord, well, he didn't tell me that. I knew Tom was retired, <laughs> but he told me now's the time. Now's the time you needed. Tom wanted to travel. We wanted to do ministry together as we traveled, and the Lord put on our heart to minister to pastors who have come through Glendora Foursquare Church um, that's had many names and has now thrived, but it's always been Glendora Foursquare Church. And, and these, these uh, students who have come through from life and have gone on, and they are pastoring up in Idaho and in Oregon and in, in Missouri and, and Kansas. And, and so as we felt we were supposed to go to convention, our Foursquare, our denomination convention in Washington, D.C. last year. It was like, hey, we can visit them along the way and fulfill one of my bucket lists, which is going to every ballpark to see, base, you know, to see baseball, every baseball ballpark. And so, so uh, we did that. We got to go to some of the ballparks. We, we did visit uh, Steve and Cynthia Hibden in Colorado. Uh, Barry and Megan knew them well and asked us to check on them. They started um, pastoring there uh, right the year before or a few months before. They're doing awesome. They're doing great. Um, and being able to visit, uh, you know, Tony and Lori Johnson, who are in Can Newton, Kansas, the middle of Kansas. <laughs> um, that was such a blessing uh, for both of us just to, to share with them and, and continue with Dave Turner and Charity and Matthew. Matthew's uh, at seminary to become a pastor. And then we got to Foursquare Convention. It was awesome. Great time there. And then, <laughs> which is like a family reunion, basically. And then we were able to go to the Baltimore Orioles Stadium. I was so excited because that was such an, oh, it was an amazing Camden Park, an amazing experience. Um, so we got to mix ministering with fun, uh, came back. Uh, we had to rush back. We had a flood in our house. A little thing broke and flooded out the whole house. And so had to get our stuff ready to take off again. And uh, wasn't going to let that stop us because along the way, the enemy tried many times to stop us. But I knew, we knew, we're to be where God told us to be and to do what God told us to do. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> Knew where it was, didn't know what it was. We went up to Idaho with Dan and Shannon Chance, who were pastors in Post Falls. We're able just to minister to them in a way that I didn't really think was ministering, to tell you the truth. <laughs> they just needed help around their house. They have an acre and a half place, and um, I ended up spending most of my time taking care of their kids, just playing games. And I said, are you sure this is all you need? Oh, believe me, you are helping me immensely. I was like, okay, so we play games. <laughs> and it, we had a great time. We had a good time doing that, being able to see Dave and Karen Metzger, who were um, pastors here, one of the founding pastors here, and, and being able to minister. And she called me and she said, uh, we were actually on our way to Montana. 
we thought, hey, let's go to Glacier National Park. Tom had never seen it. Let's go visit there. And she called, we, we connected, and she goes, Deb, you have to come here. Something is going on with our youth. It is amazing. We want you to pour into them. We want you here. Tom would have just his prophetic, just being, speaking into them. And, and so I told Tom, and he's like, okay, we're going there. We didn't go to Glacier. That week, the fires happened in Glacier National. And I was like, oh, God, we, we are so blessed because we are moving. And many people say this. I'll say this. I was going to say this later, but people would say, oh, so it's like the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. I was like, yeah, wherever the Lord tells us, that's where we're going. And, and that's what we did. And he kept us just safety-wise. It was amazing. He, he, there are so many stories. I mean, if you want to, I'll share with you later. But there were so many stories of just protecting us. So she called. She, we, she talks to us to go there. Then she calls me and she says, uh, "My teacher backed out for Sunday. Would you would you teach? They have two services. It's a. It was a. I think it was second to fifth grade or first to sixth grade. It was the kids. And so um, I'm like, well, send me the material and I'll look it over. Never gave her a yes answer. Uh, but I was teaching. <laughs> so that Sunday, I went in and uh, taught the kids seven salvations that Sunday morning. I was like, oh, God, you are so good. You are so good. It was just awesome. Actually, on our way back from Washington, we visited some family, also got to pray with them uh, and baptizing the Holy Spirit, rebaptizing the Holy Spirit, and hadn't spoken his heavenly tongue in 13 years. And it was just like, oh, this is amazing. So God did some amazing things. We enjoyed it. We, we love it. We will be going out again this year. Convention is up in Seattle. So we'll head up there, visit family up there, and then go back and check on some of these places in Idaho and Kansas and uh, in uh, Oregon. And we got to see the schnobbles, by the way, too. They said hi. It's just good to go and to see people and just the blessing. In fact, this last month, Tom and I realized, <laughs> we were doing this vacation thing, and we realized people are our destination. People, that, for vacation, people are our destination. It's like our vacation is people. It's not the place you go. It's not the destination itself. It's the people. And, or whether we go to a destination and we take people with us, that's, because it's all about relationships. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Pastor Barry's going to say, good job, Deb. <laughs> Reminds me of a verse in Acts where in there, uh, they were picking the, the, some apostles and they said, or they said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So we go where the Spirit leads. And like I said, that pillar of cloud and fire and lots of prayer. If you think of us, safety, give us a call when we're out there. Yeah, I missed you guys so much. I missed my family. I missed you guys. After a month, I wanted to come home, and then I realized we had no home to come home to. So, so we stayed it out. We, we went through that. Well, to recap a little bit, someone had already shared that Pastor Barry had spoken about our vision of 2018 of building and he shared a story um, at the beginning when he started talking about vision, about in Hawaii, how they took a hike, excuse me. And they, they, he said that if you're on this hike, you need a Hawaiian guide because the Hawaiian guide leads with a machete. 
and, uh, and you, you know, things overgrow there, and so you want to follow him. And he likened him to the Holy Spirit and following the Holy Spirit. And, and so <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, um, I had been doing my devos in the morning. That's my time. That's the time that I thrive to, to read the Bible and, and uh, kind of wake up with my coffee. And the Lord, for me to do devos, the Lord, I, I just say, God, show me something that's going to change me. Because that's what, that's what doing this is all about, right? It's, it's to change me. So as I was doing it, um, I was reading in Exodus 13 and 14, and uh, God was leading the way. So short background is it, it's about the time when Egypt, all the plagues had happened, and the firstborn had died, and uh, you don't know that. It's in Exodus, and it's the, the, actually, this is one of the passages that is, huge that's always brought up in the Bible, throughout the Bible. It's the exodus of Moses delivering the Israelites into their promised land. So all these plagues had happened. Uh, Pharaoh's heart kept being hardened, and, uh, and finally he's like, all right, take them, go, leave. And so um, they're ready to leave. And this is in chapter 13, verse 17. I believe we have it up there, right? Or we'll get it up there. I'm reading through this. Now, I've read the Bible through at least 10 plus years, read through the whole Bible. And then when I read this, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, some of those times God just highlights certain things to you. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter, and that got my attention. They had a shortcut. But God didn't like take them that way? That was my first thought. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. I thought, <laughs> okay, I hadn't noticed this before. But you know what? In, in Hebrews 4.12, it says that the word of God is like a, a living sword. You have that up there? Yes. It's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And I thought, oh, when you open yourself up to the word of God, there are times when he's going to penetrate that. And so I'm reading through this. I brought my Devo because I was like, well, <laughs> that's what it was. I shared it in staff meeting, and Pastor Barry goes, dude. He didn't say dude. I say dude. <laughs> he does not call me dude. <laughs> he was like, I want you to share that. I want you to preach that on Sunday. I was like, okay. <laughs> God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And I looked at that and I thought, that was a shortcut. They could have gotten there sooner than 40 years. But God said no. Why did God say no? Because he had their best interest at heart. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And even though there may be a shortcut or there may be a way that seems right to us, and it's like, oh, yeah, everyone's saying this is the way to go. This is how you do it. This is, and God says, no, this is what I want you to do. But God, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to go that way. This is shorter. But God says, no, this is what I want you to do. Why? Because he has your best interest at heart. 
He didn't want them to return to Egypt. In Exodus 6, it had said that they, um, I wrote it down here, just a second. <laughs> I think I'm getting ahead of myself. That the brutality of the slavery was so bad they couldn't hear what the Lord wanted them to do or what Moses was saying to them because of the brutality of the slavery. And that's where they would have wanted to return to. Their bondage, what they were stuck in. And he brought it to my attention that people, people sometimes don't want to go through the difficult route that God has for us. And instead, they'd rather go back to the past and to what's familiar. Reminded me of a dog returning to its vomit, which I always thought that first was gross. It is gross. But yet that's kind of, yeah, still is gross. <laughs> but you know what? That's what it's like. We'll return to what's familiar instead of fighting through what the unknown future of God holds and the victory holds. I'm like, there was a shortcut. But the machete didn't go that way. <laughs> that wasn't the way that the guide was leading. <clears throat> he saw the big picture. God saw the big picture. He knew them. He saw the big picture, and he knew what he wanted for them. He wanted freedom for them. He said, I'm taking you to the promised land. That was the destination. That's where he wanted them to be. He didn't want them to go back to what was familiar. He didn't want them to go back to the past. So if God takes us through a different route than the shortcut, it's most likely for our benefit. Yeah? And yet we think, no, we can't do that. No, I know this way better. No, this is more familiar. No, this is where I have support. This is where everybody is. But yet it's the brutality of slavery. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if we think that we might know better. I just went through this. In November, um, my nephew and I had surgery on the same day. His was a little bit more complicated because he was having heart, open heart surgery. He was born with a congenital heart defect. And on Thursday when I was being released, I got a phone call from my sister or a text from my sister saying, pray for him. Things were turning not the way that we had planned for it to happen. So things were, got better, then got worse. And on Sunday morning... I couldn't come to church because I was still swollen and just I, I just couldn't be here because of my surgery. <clears throat> so I'm in the living room. I have praise and worship going, music going on, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start praying. I'm going to pray for him. So I'm going back and forth because that's sometimes what I do in prayer. <laughs> and I'm praying, and I'm, I'm praying for him, and God, you can do this, and God, you're amazing, and God, and then it came to glorifying and declaring who God is and declaring things over him, and I just felt like, he's going to be healed. He's going to be free from, from this stuff. He's going to be healed. And just felt that in my spirit, and I was so excited and so, 
And then later on that day, um, I told Tommy, I really feel like we need to go. And he goes, are you sure? You know, because maybe we should go tomorrow. You know, you're looking tired. You're looking, and no, I need to be there now. And so we ended up going. What we walked into was the doctor basically telling my sister and her kids that he wasn't going to make it through the night. And talk about my heart is sinking. And I'm like, no, we got to trust God. We got to trust God. We're going to trust him because we can't. By 10 o'clock or 1030 that night, somewhere between there, he passed away. He went to be with Jesus because, and that was my one concern because I didn't know if, I knew he had given his heart when he was younger, but uh, I wasn't sure. And my sister had said, yes, he told me. He made things right with the Lord that that, uh, morning before, or he told her that morning before he went in. I don't know when it happened. And I was like, God, I, I struggled with this. I went home. Of course, I was crying. I had regrets. I wanted to remember things of him, and I couldn't remember. I felt like I didn't spend enough time getting to know him. And, you know, all those things just come through your mind. And, and I felt like, God, I thought I had heard this. This is what I felt, but it didn't happen. And I went through a few weeks of, I pray for somebody. Is it really going to happen? Are you really going to do it? Are you really going to say what you say you're going to do? Because in my mind, I thought, oh, if you heal him, then people will see and they'll come to you because of what you do. And man, this would be great. I had it all figured out in my mind. And going through this, and, and I questioned him. I even argued with him. I even, we had it out. You can do that with God. <laughs> the amazing thing is he still loves you. <laughs> um, and then he reminded me of his conversation with Job. Are you the one who laid the foundations of the earth? Are you the one who put the sun in the sky or the moon in the sky or all those stars? Are you the one who put the boundaries of the sea? (laughs) And he went on and I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) not me. (laughs) I didn't do that. And basically it was like in Isaiah, he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he begins it with, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's my ways are higher. And I thought, Lord. Now we're talking about, this was back in December. And I'm like, God, I'm not God. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm not. You are. And I have to trust you. I have to trust that you have a bigger way. That you obviously know something that I don't know. And that those people that I thought would come to the Lord because of this, they're still going to come to you. Only you have a better way to make it happen. And that's what I had to settle on, was I had to trust God. Now, my faith was never in question. My roots are deep. (laughs) I'm not going to be moved. 
In fact, after that, I was reading in, in Psalms and stuff, and it says, I will not be shaken. And I thought, well, I felt a little shaken. I'm going to be honest. I felt, I felt shaken. But no, I, I wasn't moved because he brought me back. <laughs> he brought me back in alignment. It was like, Deb, get back in there. <laughs> get back in step. No, he's not a God like that. He loves us. I could trust God. I could follow his leading. And obedience to him brings freedom. And that's what he's trying to tell these Israelites. So, so going down to, <clears throat> I think it was verse 21. Yeah, whoops, I'm in the wrong chapter. Verse 21 of uh, Exodus 13. It says, Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. He led them. He led them by that. So in the daytime, there was this cloud that they would follow. And at nighttime, it became a cloud of fire. And that was the manifestation presence of the Lord. And that's who they followed. And I was like, Lord, I so want to follow your presence of where you lead. There's certain places in my, my mind, of course we still have conversations, there's certain places in my mind where Tom would lead me to, and I'm like, no, there's snow there. It's cold. <laughs> Cover your ears right now. Because, but if God said to go, you're not covering your ears. <laughs> I would go. Because God said. Even though I wouldn't want to. But if God said, then that's where you go. Because he knows better. <laughs> so there was a manifestation of God's presence. And then what God did was he didn't take them straight through to um, the promised land, like we said. He, he, they started to like wander a little bit, but they were following his leading. And I'm looking through this, I'm like, okay, so they didn't even go like the route that was the long way to go. They were like going from this place, and then he led them to this place, and then he led them back. And it was almost like confusion. And we're talking, I believe it says 600,000 men, plus women and children, plus it also even said a mixed multitude, which was probably some of the foreigners or Egyptian slaves who were following after their ways. So it came to approximately, they estimated, one and a half million to two million people in the desert. I go to Dodger Stadium, and there's 56,000 if it's a sold-out crowd, or 57,000. And to get out of there, the exodus out of there, it takes a long time. So you're talking a million and a half, two million people to go through the desert, and they're kind of wandering around. It's like, hey, that's a lot. But you know why God did it? It's so awesome. He did it not to make them look, well, actually, to make them look like they didn't know what they were doing. So that Pharaoh would say, hey, they don't know what they're doing. Let's go after them. Let's get them. What did we do? We let them go. They were our, they were our, our workers, and we had them for free. So the enemy starts to take off after them. The enemy starts coming. This is the, begins in Exodus 14, so they're going through. Um, I'm going to cover 1 through 14. The enemy's coming. There's a sea in front of them. There's an obstacle in front of them. 
the enemies coming, 600 chariots and all these men coming to pursue them, to take them back to what was familiar and what was the past and wanted to capture them. And all they see is they're stuck. And they start complaining. Why did you bring us out to Egypt to let us die? We could have died in, e in, or in Egypt, in the wilderness to let us die. We could have been back there. <laughs> yeah, working and under brutality of slavery. But, you know, that doesn't matter. They started crying, crying out to, to Moses. And here Moses answers the people. <clears throat> and he says, this is verse 13, he says, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you'll see the deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And God gave Moses the plan of what to do. He told them. He, he, he told Moses to go ahead and put that staff out and that the, the, um, he's going to lead them through the sea and, and um, it's going to be dry ground. They're going to walk through. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They're going to come after you. It's going to work out. In verse 19 of Exodus 14, it says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, remember leading, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Sometimes God gives us a plan. He tells us what to do, and we're following, and then you don't see them. I'm like, <laughs> the angel and the pillar that they were following were no longer there and went behind them? So sometimes in our thinking, we would think, oh, let's turn around and go this way. But that wasn't why. He had already given their leader an assignment of what to do. But how many times when we're following and we don't see the Lord in front of us, even though we know which way we're supposed to go, but what is he doing? You think, we think, where are you in this? I'm stuck. There's an obstacle in front of me. The enemy's behind me. And where did you go? Right? <laughs> Start the griping, the grumbling, the complaining. But God, I thought, I thought. The sea's in front of me, the enemy's behind, I have nowhere to go. But it was because of verse, the next verse that it says, he came between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near each other all night long. Who knows how close they were? But yet, who was between them? Who was the protection? Who was bringing light to them and who was bringing dark, darkness to the enemy? It was God. Why did he move? To protect them. 
Can we still trust him? Yes, even when he's not in front of you because he's already given you the assignment. But he's protecting. They had a leader. Their leader was still in front. Their leader heard God. <laughs> but as I was reading, I thought this was funny. He gave instructions uh, to them in verses 15 to 18. But then at one point, oh, it was in verse 15, he says, why are you crying out like Moses? Stop praying. Stop talking to me. Tell the Israelites to move on. I've already told you what to do. Quit, quit, quit crying out to me. I was like, oh, God, you were just showing me way too many things. <laughs> it's like, how many times does God give us the answer? We pray, we ask him, we may even fast, we're crying out to him, and God, God tells us what to do, right? He'll give us that inkling whether we're, oh yeah, I think this is the Lord. And it may be confirmed by other people, because God, God works that way. And so you have the answer, and you know which way you're supposed to go. And then you're like, oh, God? Can you confirm that one more time? Are we supposed to? And you, you keep crying out to the Lord. And the Lord's like, would you quit talking to me about it and just move? <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear very many amens, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, where's Alan? Ouch, bro. <laughs> when God speaks, we have to be obedient. And that's one thing he's been teaching me over and over or telling me over and over in the last few years. Be obedient. Be obedient. In the obedience comes a blessing. Disobedience comes a curses. Be obedient. When you hear God say to move, move. So throughout that time, the angel of the Lord, the pillar is behind them. Moses says, all right, I'm going to move. Stretches out his staff and the seas. There's a wind that blows all night long and the seas kind of to where it says there's two walls and dry ground. And that million and a half people walked through the dry ground over to the other side. Out of Egypt, out away from them to where they're supposed to be. And as they're doing that, then it says, and I think it was in the third watch of the night, which is probably the early hours of the morning. The Egyptians end up pursuing them. Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea because they see it's dry. The Israelites did it. Let's go after them. It says, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion, because God can do that. He will throw the enemy into confusion. And he made the wheels of their chariots come off, so they had difficulty driving. I guess so, if your wheels come off. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from these Israelites. The Lord is fighting that for them and against Egypt. So it's like, we need to get back. And then the Lord said, Moses, stretch your hand out again. And then the waters came in. 
and the enemy was defeated. The enemy was defeated. (laughs) I love it because God works in ways, one that we cannot see. We have to trust. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I think sometimes I have good thoughts. Don't we all? (laughs) Oh, man, that was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) And yet his is so much higher and so much greater. Now I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Um, Every time I read the word of God, a lot of times... I end up having more questions than I have answers. You would think after reading the word of God over and over again, you're like, oh, I got this. I know what it's going to say. <laughs> you ever get to that point, Bo, you better be praying. Don't let me be near you because I don't want the lightning bolt to come down. No, it's called pride. And I don't ever want to be like that. I always want to be a learner. I always want to be a student of the word of God because he changes lives. When he speaks something and you follow it, it's amazing what happens. So the questions come to me. And I was sitting there reading it and I'm like, Lord, do I trust you when I don't see you or when I don't feel you? Do we, do I take you at your word that you say or you'll do what you say you'll do? Do I believe that to the core of my being? Because if I do, then I'm going to act on it. Then I'm going to do it. Lord, am I complacent to live life the same old, same old? Do I want to go back to what's familiar? Do I want to go to the past or do I want to go through to see what you have for me in the future? What's unknown, but yet what is good? Will it be easy? No, there was difficulty, but it's good because he promises it will be. Whether I'm in bondage or not, Lord, am I moving forward? Because I always want to be moving forward. It's like the bricks that Pastor Barry had here of building, of growing. Am I growing taller? Am I growing deeper? Am I moving forward? That's how we thrive. Am I listening to your voice, Lord? Am I listening to your leading? And when I'm listening, am I acting? And then this one, this question was like, Lord, am I being still before you to hear you in order to move? Or am I moving, being so busy and being still or stagnant? I want to say that one more time. That was one of those good thoughts, Deb. No. (laughs) 
I believe this was the Lord. Am I being still in order to move? Or am I moving, being busy? And am I staying stagnant or still? We're all in different places in our journey with God. There's difficult situations I've heard that are going on all over, actually. Whether it's finances, healing from emotional wounds from the past, or if there's things that are holding us back, or stuff that we just feel stuck in. It might be sin, might be addiction, who knows? Variety of situations that we can feel stuck in. And you feel the obstacle is in front and the enemy is behind and you may not see God anywhere around. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I want us to be still because that's what the word is saying. Be still, take a stand, and move forward. Lord, in us being still, would you open the ears of our heart to hear what you have to say? don't let our thoughts get in the way Lord we ask for your thoughts because they're higher speak Lord because we're listening if God is speaking to you and you know you're in a situation where man boy we could sure use something here Lord haven't seen you yet. I'm telling you, no, he's there. And I'm going to ask you to move. I'm going to ask you to stand. Take a stand. We're going to pray for you. I want to see deliverance happen. If it happened back then, it can happen now. Amen. God wants us to move forward. He wants us to be free. He wants blessing to happen. If you have a situation where it's like, Lord, we're... Ah. Just a minute. Lord, I don't know whether to move in this or not. Lord, I don't know how I'm supposed to stand. I, I don't know the next move. Then I'm telling you, God's saying, just stand up. I'm going to pray over you, and this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask for those who are around. Just lay hands on people around you or lay hands on each other, and I'm going to do a general prayer over you. Because I believe that the Lord wants to move, that the Lord wants to deliver, that he doesn't want us to be stuck in stuff. But he wants freedom for us because he has something good. He has something good to deposit. But sometimes he can't deposit that until we are ready to take that stand and to move forward. So, Lord, I speak 
over those today who are taking a stand because they want to be delivered, Lord, to break through the stuff, to break through the things, whatever it is, Lord God, you know. Lord, I pray for financial wisdom, for financial freedom, that, Lord, we listen to your voice and that we are wise to, uh, because you give that wisdom of what we're to do. And you bring that deliverance. Lord, I speak deliverance from things that hold us down, things from the, the past, whether it's emotional, whether it's things that, that we've done that we don't believe that you are is covered by your right. blood, Lord. It is. Right. Lord, we pray for freedom. We pray for breakthrough, that those chains are broken. The brutality of the slavery would no longer happen. Lord, I speak life to those who feel death or lifelessness. I speak life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak life to marriages. I speak life to children to rise up into what you've called them to. That, Lord, they will walk in that way. That, Lord, whether the world says this is the way to do it, it is not. It is your way. No other way, Lord, works. Everything else, Lord, is sinking sand. Father, you see the hearts. You see those who are ready to move. And Lord, some of them, you have been speaking. God has been speaking to you to do it. And he's saying, all right, stop speaking and move. I've told you, now walk in it. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are a God that speaks from your word. And that you do what you say you will do. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, that you are good all the time. Father, I speak that the glory would be given to you. Because you are above all. (laughs) And Lord, your love is so great and so amazing. That, Lord, even if we have a little inkling of it, Lord God. Lord, it would lift us up. I thank you for that, Lord God. (laughs) You are so good. You are so good. In the powerful, powerful name of Jesus, we speak, let it be done. Amen. Right. Amen. If you need prayer, if you need more prayer, there's prayer teams in the back. They will speak over you. They will love on you. They will fight on your behalf. Amen? Amen.